you know, I realized that there was this whole wide world outside of my tiny circle where not everybody thought the way that I did. And these, these were the people that needed a, 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 a scientific voice you know, not just, not even a physician, anybody that, that sort of had kind of knew what they were talking about that could not just explain things to them, but break it down in a way that, that everybody could understand. You're listening to Parallax from Radcliffe Cardiology in association with makeadent.org. Here is your host, Ankur Kalra, MD, Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Parallax. So this one is um, is a special one, a unique one, um, because it's with someone who I consider one of my mentees. Um, you know, obviously, he's a colleague now because he's going to be starting his interventional cardiology fellowship at uh, NYU come this summer, so the summer of 2022. But I've known Dr. Panwar when he was a resident uh, I can say I, I knew him then um, at uh, Case Western uh, is when we crossed paths. And then he then he went south for his cardiovascular disease fellowship at Tulane. So he's finishing or he's going to finish that uh, in June this year and then start his interventional fellowship at NYU. Um, so Siab um, and I have, have known each other for, for several years. We've published research um and science um you know when we cross paths at, at case western and have have sort of stayed stayed in touch since um and i came across a recent post from siab on instagram because we you know we follow each other on instagram and i was reading through it and he and he was vividly describing how he utilized a new social media platform you know, no, pardon, I'm not on that platform because, um, you know, maybe I, I'm too old or, or maybe it's, maybe I don't want to be on too many social media platforms. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's TikTok. Um, it's, it's a very popular social media platform. And, um, you know, because of CIAP's interest in public health and, uh, he's also done research at the intersection of cardiology and public health. You know, we've published on flu vaccines and heart failure, uh, in one of the leading cardiology journals. And Siab got interested in debunking misinformation on COVID-19 and vaccines and has sort of created a following for himself and has been a voice on TikTok um, and has also become a voice on Instagram, if I may. So with that introduction, Siab, welcome on the show and, and thank you so much for doing this for us. Thank you, Ankur. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. And, you know, as you said, we, we go way back. We've known each other for what five, six years now, and you know you've been instrumental in me getting where I am, and also you know me having an interventional cardiology career. So I have have you to thank for a lot of that. Um, uh, and yeah, no, I'm happy to. I'm I'm glad you reached out, and again, as I'm honored to be on the podcast and talk about what I've done. Yeah, no, um, excellent. So um, it's um, I think it's important for um, physicians and doctors to have a social media presence. I've written about it, you know, for one of the social media platforms, which for one reason or another has garnered traction with academic cardiologists, and that is Twitter. Um, you know, not to say there are many other social media platforms, including TikTok. And TikTok being one of the newer 
uh, social media platforms is is a video based format. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about the about the platform because you know certainly I'm not on it and I don't know how many cardiologists are on it. But why don't you talk to us a little bit more about what TikTok is all about? Yeah, I'm happy to. So TikTok, uh, you know, I got on TikTok a year ago, but it has actually existed for at least a few years. Um, and from what I'm looking right now, there has been at least a couple billion downloads of the app worldwide. So uh, since it was released, it quickly became a phenomenon, especially during the pandemic. Um, what it basically, at the very, you know, what it really is, is just a video-based social media app. And what people do is people make videos anywhere from 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, three minutes now, um, and 10 minutes uh, coming soon, uh, and basically put them on their profile. So it's kind of like Instagram. It's a post to their profile, and then it gets pushed out to the community. People, you know, there's something called the For You page, uh, which is the general um, uh, where everybody, everybody on TikTok that has a profile has a For You page scrolling through TikTok videos, it kind of gets a sense of what you're interested in. And those videos start showing up on your For You page as well, even if you're not actually following the person that made it. Um, and sometimes, you know, videos get pushed out if they're doing extremely well, they're popular, viral, etc. Um, so, and they, the videos get a lot of views. Anybody can make an account, make a video about anything and publish it for the world to see. And, you know, you might get 100 views on your videos, you might get 200 views, you might get 1,000, and if you're lucky, you might get 5 million. Um, that is what makes, one of the things that makes this app um, crazy, if I may. I'm sure. So, you know, this is, um, you know, a very high-level introduction on what seems to be a, a fairly engaging app. Um, the idea, so the, the idea is it's it's a video-only app. So, essentially... If you are going to post something, it's only going to be in video format. Um, there are no like pictures or words or. So you you can. So while the idea is video, what people do is put up a, a a picture, a static picture, and add some music to it, and have no video to it. So it's sort of 15 seconds of just a a picture itself. Um, so they people can do that, and they do do that. And um, one of the strengths of the platform actually is the, the editing is, and I'll, I can get into that, the editing is very powerful. So when you make a video, you can add a lot of text to it. You can time the text to, you know, start at a certain time and end at a certain time. You can add stickers, you can add pictures, you can do so many things. It's, it's a very versatile uh, platform. Understood. So it's sort of um, a medium for, for creation, right? It's, 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 it's creativity and videos and, um, it's it's powerful because it's audio and visual, and um, it's sort of the world to see. You know, however many are on the platform, and you know, you know, based on two billion is is not a small number by any stretch of imagination. So, uh, how how was your foray into TikTok? What what sort of prompted you to uh, be on the platform and, and sort of start making videos on COVID nineteen and vaccines? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. So I, um, you know, I was already so I started my TikTok about a year ago. I was already doing a little bit of uh, you know education and debunking misinformation on Instagram and um, other social media a little bit. Uh, but what drew me to 
TikTok, honestly, to be very honest with you, was about a year ago. I just needed a side hobby, you know, and I'm sure you agree with, you know, you, 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 you can relate to this. When you do medicine and medicine is all you do, uh, life can become very monotonous. And I think everybody should have something they're passionate about on the side that they can focus on and that can, that brings them joy. So I started, honestly, I started my TikTok as a joke. Uh, because, you know, there was a lot of funny medical humor, doctors making funny medical videos uh, working in healthcare. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'll start doing the same thing. Uh, and I did. That's how I started. Made, made a couple of videos just sort of generally talking about the experience. And they did fairly well. And then I distinctly remember this one day I, I landed on a video of a uh, somebody who was an anti, anti-vaxxer. Uh, he was making fun of the COVID vaccine, and he was making fun of, you know, the value of masking to uh, uh, reduce the spread of COVID. And that video had about a million views. I don't remember the exact number of views. And that had thousands of comments from people just agreeing with him. You know, people saying, oh, the vaccines are useless. Their their political agenda, government agents are out to get us. The vaccines are poison. They're going to change your DNA, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that we've heard since the vaccines came out and also about masking, they don't work. And I kind of, you know, that made me realize that that there is a whole world or was a whole world, still is at the time of misinformation and just plain disinformation, which is, you know, lies and intentional spreading of misinformation. And especially on TikTok, it was and still continues to be a grave problem because the pop, the power of TikTok is that anybody can make an account and anybody can start making videos, right? You don't have to be a fancy news producer. You don't have to have fancy editing tools. You don't have to put filters on stuff. It, none of that matters on TikTok. All you, you need to do is you, you, you want to, you got to have something you want to say, right? And, you know, all you do is open the app, uh, put on the front facing camera hit the record button and you record yourself saying whatever you want to for 30 seconds, no editing necessary, nothing. So that made it made, that made it very, very popular for everybody to use because it's so easy, right? And it makes it so accessible. And that I think, you know, having a platform where it's easy to talk about things, I think also contributed to why misinformation spread so rapidly uh, because, you know, everybody had access to it and people with, ill intentions had access to the application as well. And, um, you know, um, all you have to do is make a video about how there's some conspiracy about the vaccine. And before you know it, your video has a million views and 10,000 people are sharing it with their families and friends. And it just, you know, it just becomes a nightmare from there to, 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 to deal with. And then, you know, I realized that and I was like, I wasn't, con- I wasn't, that didn't make up my mind to get into mis- debunking misinformation, but I started it. I was like, some of the stuff I saw was was clearly wrong. You know, anybody that's had any basic science education like you and I, you know, it's clearly wrong. So I had some of that background knowledge um, and it, to me, it just felt wrong that there was this level of misinformation existing there that was just allowed to go on ramp, you know, go, goes to spread rampant, and without no no countering, there were a few other physicians at the time that I'm now very good friends with that were that were debunking misinformation. Uh, but then I just started doing it. You know, I just started talking about how you know what this person is saying is wrong and how 
for example, the claim that the vaccine will change your DNA is wrong, or the claim that, you know, the vaccine makes you magnetic is wrong. And it kind of blew up from there. Um, and, you know, before I knew it, I was making one video after another, and it just sort of snowballed from there. And so that was my start, uh, Ankur. Yeah, no, I mean, excellent. So, you know, I, I think, um, well, first off, Congratulations on the success. Do you mind sharing with the listenership how many followers you have on TikTok now? Sure, sure. Thank you, Ankur. So, you know, before I say that, let me just say that this, all of this is just unprecedented. I was not expecting it. It just happened. You know, uh, I, I'm still shocked at, that, that I have had the level of success that I have. So as of, let me actually pull up my application right now to share it with you. So as of right now on TikTok, I have 400, 402,000 followers. So over 400,000 followers. I hit that over the weekend. And I have over 8 million likes on my videos since I started them across all videos. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so that's, that's incredible reach and, you know, congratulations for that. And, um, you know, I, you know, for someone who, um, you know, obviously, um, it thinks about um, the reason why why something sticks and why something becomes meaningful, right? Whether it's a manuscript, a paper you publish, or you know a podcast you record, or you know make TikTok videos. I think for anything to tick, or for anything to be of value, or for anything to connect to that many people of of that magnitude, right? Or for anything to go quote unquote viral, um, it it has to um be impactful in in ways which may be outside our comprehension right you could um you know it could be it could be for for example the i'm gonna i'm gonna take a leaf from my own notebook because i think it's a, it's a good um it's it's a, it's a good allegory here and and that is uh, the research that we published when i was at the clinic on broken heart syndrome and COVID-19. And, you know, when we were, when we were coming up with that, that project and that paper, you know, it would be quote unquote, such a viral hit, if you may, uh, you know, cause we've obviously published science, which we feel as physicians and scientists is more important to move the field forward. But this was an observation, which, you know, we, which we made during the pandemic and we thought it was important to report and the just because of connection, the social connection, and the public health message that the um, that the project had, you know, it it's became such a quote unquote viral hit. Um, you know, I I tend not to use that terminology with with science and with manuscripts and papers, but you know, it was that kind of a paper. Um, so you know, I think for you know, so to it could be astonishing and it it could be could be shocking for you that you have this kind of following. And and that's great. I mean, like, you know, that many million views of all the videos is is by no means a small feat. But you know, what that what that tells me as as an observer who's outside of the phenomenon that you're experiencing and looking at it from outside, right, is that you know, you've connected with with the with the masses and um you share a message which is important for public health and your videos have authenticity to them that people can relate to 
you know, I mean, that's, it's just, you know, it, to, to me, it's, that's how I interpret your success and uh, that it, it's, 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 it's authentic. It's coming from the right place in your heart. It's meant to educate and it's meant to help people who are struggling to find out the right sources of information. And, you know, I think voices like yourself who um, are learned, educated, know how science is conducted, have conducted science yourself. So, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that voices like yourself and a platform like TikTok are very important. And, and I think people would have resonated with, with your presence in the way that I've tried to explain it to you. You know, maybe you can add or delete however you may, but that's how I interpret. Yeah, no, thank you, Ankur. You know, when you mentioned your broken heart syndrome, um, your experience with that, you know, that over the last year, I've, I've, this, is a, this is something that I've realized over and over again. You know, as, and I think it ties into what we do as physicians and our, not only research, our daily practices. We might think that something is important, that something should be important to everybody else just because it's important to us, you know, and that might be true for a lot of things. But, you know, sometimes you stumble upon something that matters, actually matters to so many people, millions of people worldwide is that your message about that specific thing that you may not even think is that, you know, is that relevant? It just blows up, you know, and it, it, it reaches millions of people. That is what they're dealing with every single day, or that is what they're afraid of, right? So when you're talking about broken heart syndrome, you know, you might've been surprised by the reaction that it got, you know, that the, that the response that it got from the general public. And, you know, what I've learned over the last year is that I, I can I can say why. And it's because it's something that is so relevant. Right. Uh, it's 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 related to COVID-19, first of all, which is already a very topical, relevant subject, which has been on the minds of everybody over the last two years. You're bringing in the heart into this, the cardiovascular system into this, and you're bringing in broken heart syndrome, Takotsubo uh, cardiomyopathy. And a lot of people have had loved ones that have had not just heart attacks or heart disease, but also a lot of them have had Takotsubo. And just the name broken heart syndrome, I think that relates with a lot of people. And a lot of people are, are afraid. You know, we, we know the effect COVID has on the cardiovascular system. A lot of people, millions of people in this country have either themselves or their loved ones, you know, they've been affected by COVID-19. They've been affected by the downstream secondary effects of COVID infection, including the heart. So, you know, it's just something that is so relevant and so relatable to a lot of people. And I think that is one of the reasons why your response, the response to your story was great. And it was very important. I think it was essential work that that you did. And that sort of I have discovered as well in my time uh, that I've been doing this is that, um, you know, we live as physicians, a lot of us, at least the ones that are not on, that are not. I guess that don't have large social circles. We live in a very small bubble, right, of like-minded people. Most of my, all of my friends, most of them, 90% of them are doctors, right? We, when it comes to basic public health things like vaccines, we all think the same, right? All of my doctor friends are vaccinated. All of my, a lot of my patients are vaccinated. But what this, and I'm, and I'm sure that a lot of physicians will have the same story, right? They have a small group of people that are somewhat like-minded, at least in terms of thinking about science and public health. But what I realized in doing this was that there, you know, the world outside our small circles is so large 
and there are things that people will believe that you you could just you know that would blow your mind right the fact that people actually think could actually think that you know the vaccine would make you would make you magnetic like the number of messages i get a lot of messages the number of messages that i've gotten you know when this was a thing of a year ago that the vaccine was making people magnetic a lot of people were asking me can you debunk this to a lot of other people who are not scientifically inclined or trained or public health trained have not had the chance to do you know scientific research and you don't blame them not everybody's a scientist right so you know for them to here's the uh, the other thing i heard was that the vaccine will integrate into your dna and change your dna you know the people that are challenging the dogma of you know um uh, dna becomes mrna becomes protein right and these these are basic things to you and i but there are people out there with malicious and malintent that take this information they twist it you know they 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 change the facts to fit their own agenda and then they spread it to people in their communities or or or, or on a wider scale on tiktok uh and there are people that are influenced by that and then unfortunately they fall for it um and you know decide they make the decision not to get vaccinated so i saw you know i realized that there was a whole wide world outside of my tiny circle where not everybody thought the way that i did and these these were the people that needed a a a a scientific voice you know not just not even a physician anybody that that sort of had kind of knew what they were talking about that could not just explain things to them but break it down in a way that that everybody could understand because a lot of scientific and we can I can go on about this for days a lot of scientific communication that happens uh, i believe it does not happen in in a way that benefits the end user right which is the patient or the person that we're trying to communicate to them because we use terms that are too complicated we we don't explain things we don't break it down and you know i've learned a lot of uh valuable things in my in, in the process in the time that i've been doing this and one of them is how do i break things down break complicated scientific ideas like how do i explain you know what the spike protein on the vaccine how how that is different than the spike protein from the virus right how do i explain that to somebody in one minute because all i have is a minute right because nobody has the attention span to read a 20 page paper or watch a 5 minute video all you get is one minute how do i explain that in a way that that a 5 year old could understand that you know and that has been you know the 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 it's been a realization that you know if you're able to do that people will understand and people will thank you for that you know i get a lot of messages from people uh saying that you know they that they're so thankful that they have somebody that they can look to to explain to them things or to debunk all of the constant misinformation that comes out in a way that they can understand and not just them they can take it to their families they can take it take it to their mom, parents their sisters brothers friends that unfortunately don't have anybody in their circle you know that that is willing to 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 break it down to them and explain to them why is this specific piece of misinformation wrong or how does the vaccine work you know or or the dangers of covid for example so uh, sorry that was long-winded but um i i think the idea that it, a lot of it is relatable and they're seeing somebody you know i could be i could be their doctor you know somebody just talking it's just like you and i having a conversation right now 
So the way I look at TikTok is having a conversation with people, the person watching on the other end of the, uh, on the other end of the screen. So if you if you think about it, having a patient in your clinic, if you talk down to them, if you don't explain things, if you use complicated words, if you have an attitude that says, "Oh, I'm I'm above you on some hierarchical level," uh, you know that doesn't work very well. But if you're able to bring yourself down to their level and just have a conversation using regular everyday words, uh, using analogies, I think that works very very well. And the other thing, the, the other thing I want to say before I and my point is public trust in the CDC, the White House, the government has been very complicated over the last year. And a lot of it that has to come, has to do with the messaging that has come down from the top. You know, somebody is a random person, you know, on the street, let's say, the, the likelihood that, that a message that is given out by the White House, the government, the CDC, because it, the, the, the likelihood that that gets to them in a more in a more effective way than somebody in their own community interpreting that message from the CDC and, and and telling it to them, you know, they're more likely, I believe, to believe the person in the community that is telling them what the White House said or what the CDC said, because it's the same thing. You know, the CDC, the White House are these big ivory towers of public health, right? Nobody has the common person doesn't have access to them, right? So what they do have access to is people on TikTok, people on Instagram, and that's what they see, right? And the information that is sent out by our public health agencies, agencies is filtered down on so many levels and changed on so many levels uh, until it gets to the regular person. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I see myself as an intermediary uh, in that process. Um, I think it's important, right? Important for us as physicians to realize that, to have that understanding, to have that depth perception of the perceived hierarchy where, you know, maybe subconsciously we, we put ourselves or the public puts us or our colleagues put us, right? Because uh, we, we feed off of each other. Um, and, you know, the, there's, um, I mean, you you probably know that I um, I do a lot of spiritual reading and practice, and there's one thing that I've I've come to realize over the past maybe I would say four or five years, and and that is um, that you're not beneath anyone, but you're also not above anyone, and I think as immune as it should be to criticism, um, you should be very responsive to feedback. And if the public is telling you that, look, uh, we're getting mixed messages, we have no trust in your healthcare system or in your public health ivory towers, and we really need someone we can rely on, someone who talks the language we understand, and someone who can break down complex topics to simple concepts that we can understand. I mean, Albert Einstein said that if you can't explain it in, a, in an easy way, you haven't understood it yourself. Um, um, you know, then, then we, we ought to listen because ultimately we are who we are and we do what we do for our patients who are our beneficiaries. Right. And, um, I think if, if we can't do it effectively, then we may be talking X, Y, and Z and, you know, breaking ground on the next big, um, device or drug, which will change the, tra the, the trajectory of 
of the natural disease for our patients. But if our patients are not taking them, what's the point, right? Um, so no, extremely important message. Uh, let me let me ask you this question because I, I I'm sure you may have been asked this question from the public or from colleagues um, uh, or from uh, you know your your seniors, and and that is. During a during a fellowship, during a busy fellowship, how do you find time to to create videos which are informative, engaging, and have gotten you seven, eight, nine, however many million views? And you know, m- maybe your answer is, you know, you always find time for your passion, and that's a fantastic answer. But you know, break it break it down into what what were some of the housekeeping routine things you would do on a systematic systemic fashion so that you could create videos in a in in the frequency that you wanted to create them and and the reason for me to ask this question is that if someone who wants to follow your path or your footsteps what are some of the housekeeping rules you would share with them you know i'll start off by saying this to me you know this is still a, a hobby um you know, it, it's something I do on the side. My primary job, my primary responsibility is my work as a physician, you know, cardiology fellowship. Like nothing comes above that. So everything that I do, I do as a addition to that, right? So there are days that I don't put out any videos. You know, I've had, I've had three, four days, five days where I haven't done anything. And that's because I was busy with fellowship or I had, you know, I had to take care of tasks or I was on call, for example. So this comes, this is secondary to that. Uh, And for me, uh, I've tried, you know, as I said, this was just something I started as a hobby. It ended up into me discovering a passion for, for debunking misinformation. And here we are, you know, but it really is just still the same process for me kind of that it was a year ago. I make my I make a lot of my content, 90% of it on the fly. You know, I've tried a process where people will make videos, you know, in, in advance or they'll do edit them, they'll do this, make sure they're ready. I, I That process didn't work for me. I'll make it on the fly. You know, and the beauty of TikTok is that all you need, all I need is maybe 10 minutes or, you know, you know to record a video, to edit it and to make it for, like ready for, for to post. 10 minutes, all it takes, a minute long video. Now, obviously, the background research, you know, takes time. Um, like, I'll read, um, Ankur, it's, it's funny you say that. You know, if, if <laughs> I used to think that I did a lot of research with you. But with, you know, with this over the last year, I have read so many papers, so many scientific communications, so many articles, and I'll read them whenever I have time. So, you know, it, it, downtime between a case, for example, right? Uh, just waiting for a patient to come in. I'll open up some I'll open up a paper and read the abstract uh, to get ready uh, to prepare or Twitter. Actually, Twitter is one of my main sources of information. I have a list of people that I follow. Um, I'll just scroll through and see what's going on. And is, if there's something that 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 I think should be uh, uh, put out to the public. And once I find it, it, you know, the background research, what all of this is, it will take about a couple hours. This is all broken up over the course of the day. You know, I have five minutes here, 10 minutes here, getting coffee, et cetera. And once I have everything ready, I'll just take out five minutes at the end of the day, you know, after 5 p.m. and all my, you know, 
or when all the cases are done and I don't have anything else going on for the day or I'm on a different rotation, for example. That's all it takes, 10 minutes to make a video and I, and I push it out. Um, so, you know, on average, over the last year I've put out, you know, there have been days on the weekends that I have nothing going on. I'm, you know, I'm not on call. I'm not on uh, at the hospital. I've put out two, three videos a day. And there have been days that I put out none, right? So on average, I, I say I have put out about a one or two videos a day on average in the year that I have been doing this. And that is a level that is sustainable for me, you know. And again, you know, I want to emphasize that my job as a physician is primary. Everything else comes secondary. So do people that are uh, looking to get into this, I think a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, I, I, to me, as I said, my, my physician, my, my work as a, as a physician, as a cardiology fellow is primary. So this is all secondary to that. Second, it is something that you got to be passionate about. Are you passionate about it enough that you can keep going at it day after day, day after day, day after day, even though you are, you know, even though it seem it may seem like the, it's a worthless fight because I've had so many people tell me over the last year, why are you doing this? Nobody's going to listen to you. It doesn't matter. People are going to make their decisions. You know, you can't convince them. So there's a lot of negativity, number one, that you see. There's also a lot of hate. And that comes in the, in the, in the, in the form of uh, what we call trolls on the internet that comment negative things just to comment. Uh, I have been called uh, a variety of things, um, a government agent, uh, a paid pharma shill, uh, Pfizer agent. I've been asked innumerable, innumerable times how, how much Pfizer pays me to talk about the vaccine, how much God, the government pays me to talk about the vaccine. I've been called a communist agent, a Chinese spy. I mean, you can, you can just whatever you can think of, I've been called that. I've been, I, you know, I've gotten horrific messages in my inbox because the internet, you know, you can be anonymous. You can say whatever you want. Um, people, people have just been terrible, right? So you have to be, again, they all, a lot of this is also because of what I do, right? So what I, I talk about the vaccine, which is highly controversial. People on either side of the issue feel very strongly. And a lot of the comments and the hate that I get are, is related to that. And that's not going to be for everybody. You know, somebody that just talks about cardiology stuff, for example, is not going to get this degree of, 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 of hate. But I, I, I did. You know, people have, uh, I can go into it, but people have said horrific things. Um, uh, and, you know, you have to be able to, uh, that boils down to you have to be able to handle criticism and handle negativity and know what criticism is worth looking into and what criticism is worth, you know, uh, listening to so you can improve yourself and what criticism you just, you can just throw in the, in the garbage, right? And you have to just be able to keep going. You know, uh, if you don't have, a lot of this is if you have the passion and I, you know, uh, as I said, this, it was, I discovered this passion, right? I wasn't thinking about doing this. I just discovered it. And it was something that I, I ended up being able to do for a year and I'll continue to do this. So I think a lot of it is also like, do you have the, the once you've found the passion, you do you, and you know, it's kind of like you with this podcast, right? You've been doing this for what, a couple of years now, at least, you know, being able to like, what makes you want to just do episode after episode, find guests uh, and keep it going, you know? So the persistence, the passion, 
uh, I think is part of it. And the the other thing is you just wanna, all you need, you know, this is the one thing that I love about TikTok. All you need is just, you just need to have something to say, that's it. You can op download the app, make a profile, and it really is just as simple as that. Uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, no, it did. It it, it actually did perfectly. And, you know, to, to answer your question, to, to, answer, to, to the comment you made on the podcast and, this is season four, so we we finished three seasons. So this is the, it's it's fourth year running, uh, but you're right. Like I think you know, with with anything that you give energy to, right? With anything that you give commitment to, consistency to, energy to, it it flowers. You know, the more you water, it flowers. Um, so things you give energy to will grow. Um, and you know, I, I I couldn't agree with you more that there has to be a deeper sense of purpose for you to be be persistent and be consistent in putting out content. And that, that deeper purpose, you know, for you could be the passion. I mean, for you is the passion for de- debunking misinformation, right? Or uh, the, the, the deeper purpose is for the medical community to have an intermediary which the public can relate to. And that's a fantastic it's a fantastic deeper purpose, right? I, I wish all of us have more of some of that in us because, you know, we are in it for the public. Um, you know, for me, likewise, uh, the podcast is through my nonprofit, which has a deeper purpose for me. And that is uh, to, ha- to, to have an impact on, you know, colleagues and, and to sort of uh, have a sense of community. Uh, and in, in doing that, meet like-minded people and and grow because uh, you know each of these episodes have um, had an impact on me as a physician and a person also so uh, you know I think these are you know like for any any one of us who's on any of these social media platforms there's a deeper sense of purpose and um, you know like with like with anything else you'll get your share of criticism and you know like like you said you, you have to be immune to it but at the same time be very responsive to feedback one thing I forgot to mention, you know, you mentioned deeper purpose and that kind of, I, I don't think I emphasize it enough. You got to know why you're doing something, you know, and, and for me, you know, for me, it's to, uh, I have, I am privileged enough, you know, to be, have that knowledge, right? Have the knowledge. And, and for me, it was always, how can I help other people make the right decision to get vaccinated or make the decision to get vaccinated because it's their decision at the end of the day. And to me, it was just unacceptable. And it was a travesty, honestly, to me that uh, we were, you know, and again, we share this as, as as two people who are immigrants, right? That early on, it was just unimaginable that the United States is a country that made the, you know, or at least played a major role in making the mRNA vaccines, right? Which are the, which are, uh, which are a miracle, honestly. You know, the best vaccines out there they had a major role in creating these vaccines. We had more vaccines than we knew what to do with. And there were people that didn't want to get them for whatever reason, right? They didn't want to get them because they didn't believe in it or because they were misinformed. And and I, to you and I, you know, for where we are in the part of the world, you know this, like we, we would beg for vaccines like these, right? We would beg for basic public health measures that unfortunately don't exist 
in a lot of parts of where, where you and I are from, Ankur. You're from India, I'm from Pakistan. So for, to me, it was just it was just unimaginable that we were in a in a situation where, you know, I I used to read about states. I believe it was Kentucky uh, about in April or so that they had to waste tens of thousands of vaccines because there weren't enough people to take them. So that, you know, that to me was just a, a travesty. And that was one thing that drove me to make sure that I could do what I could do to, 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 to help not solve, but uh, at least make that problem a little bit better because it was just unacceptable. Um, and, uh, what what kept me going honestly was also the fact that i got throughout the year i got so many messages from people thanking me as i said and also telling me that i am the reason that they chose to get the vaccine or i am the reason that you know they they forwarded my videos to their family and their family chose to get vaccinated because they finally understood the one thing that they could not understand or you know they had heard some misinformation from people that the vaccine was, you know, that was that pregnant people weren't supposed to get the vaccine, for example, which we know is not true. So, so you know, the messages that I got, and I still get them, that I'm the reason that people decided to get vaccinated. You know, that's amazing. Like to me, it was this, you know, it put me on top of the world that I had a role in somebody making, I think, the right decision that you know they for themselves and their and for their family. So that is also honestly what kept me going because I was like, okay, I got to keep doing this because there are still people out there that, that, that I can reach and that my colleagues on, on social media that I do this with can, can reach. So I just wanted to add that little part as well. Yeah, no, this, you know, obviously it's, it's excellent and um, more power to you and congratulations for all the great work you're doing. It's, you know, it's public service and it's public health and it, it comes, um, you know, from your own time and amidst the busy fellowship and th- there's got to be a deeper sense of, of purpose for you to be able to, like I said, you know, be persistent and consistent and be immune to criticism and, and keep doing this. So, I mean, I will, I, I will say this, you know, you asked me how, how I'm able to manage this. Honestly, I have my fellowship. Uh, I make time for exercise and then I do this. That's it really. Uh, and, you know, with the last couple of years, uh, you know, socializing has, has sort of been hard to do as obviously. So it kind of worked out. You know, I, I don't really have much else in my life and, and I'm OK with that. You know, I'm OK with that uh, because to me, this is the right thing to do. So I, I work. I, I make time for myself, exercise. Uh, I'll maybe hang out with some friends here and there. But and then I'll do this on the side. And that's pretty much and I'm completely happy with that at this time. Yeah, no, no, that's. That's that's excellent. No, I, I, you know, like I, I think the the bottom line message of carving out time for something like this, and you know, because I, I get I get asked this question, you know, from some of the nonprofit work that I do, including this podcast, is you know, how do you, how do you make time? And you know, the the answer is that if there is a deeper sense of purpose, um, you will find time for what's what's important to you, and. You know, if, if this is something that's important to you, then you're going to find time for it. It's, it's just as simple as that. So, you know, I'm going to, with, with that with that comment, I'm going to end the show. Any closing remarks for the podcast? And, you know, hopefully uh, you can get to share this with, with your followers and they can get to explore the, the why behind you doing the videos. <laughs> hopefully that, that gets 
the answers to some of the questions that they've been asking you or have been wanting to ask you. Uh, but any closing remarks for the podcast? No, Ankur, thank you again. I didn't even realize we were 45 minutes in, you know, such a great conversation. Uh, but I appreciate you bringing me on and, you know, talking about uh, something that's important to me. And I think something that's should, that should be important to everybody. And one thing I will like to say is, you know, I get asked this uh, uh, quite a bit. I, I think that, uh, uh, and I didn't mention this, physicians should consider and you know, the social media, you know, a lot of physicians have shunned the social media. Oh, it's just a fad. TikTok is just for dances. You know, Instagram, I don't need it. It has no place in medicine. You know, that kind of thought and thinking is very outdated. And the fact is that social media is not the future. It is the present. It is here. And the reality is that, uh, you know, TikTok, which has been dismissed by many as, oh, it's just an application for dances. It's, that is completely not true. TikTok and Instagram, or probably in Facebook, are the major, if not the only, source of news for the general public. That's how people get their news. That's how people get their news on current affairs, uh, on politics, on on medicine, especially. And you know, I, I think it's about time that physicians realize and healthcare workers realize that this is what's happening, because if we don't, we need to tap into this. And I'm not saying everybody needs to do TikTok, but if you don't realize this and if you don't tap into this as a way of connecting with our patients, I think we're doing a great, great disservice to them because this is the way that they get their information. And you got to go where the people are, you know, and the people are on social media, on TikTok. Uh, and that is a great, uh, I think people need to realize that uh, more as well. But uh, thank you, Ankur, for having me again. I, I really am honored to be here. Yeah, no, it, great, great messages. And, you know, this uh, great message to end the, end the show. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, social media is here to stay <laughs> whether you like it or not it's the present and you know quite frankly um, it has changed governments and toppled leaders um, so if, if people don't realize its power now then you know I'm not sure when they will but we're going to end on that note Siap thank you again for um, being a guest on the show um, at Parallax and you know for doing all the work that you're doing with your public health service on, on TikTok and more power to you and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Ankur. I appreciate it. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast produced by Radcliffe Cardiology in association with makeadent.org. We aim to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology every second week. Review us on your favorite podcast app or send your comments or questions to podcast at radcliffe-group.com. To view the series, head to radcliffecardiology.com forward slash podcasts forward slash parallax. Thanks for listening.